Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adurin Talk Sports, the only podcast that talks about every single team and the sport being discussed, except we're not doing that. I don't know why I'm yelling a little bit, but welcome back, everyone. Uh, divisional round is over. There was a wildcard episode, and frankly, I found the wildcard slightly boring and also slightly disappointing because I'm an Eagles fan. So we're just going to pretend an episode came out last week and instead talk about this incredible amazing, way too nerve-wracking, frankly. I don't know why it would be unless you're a fan of the team being in the divisional. Anyway, it was such a great uh, divisional round matchup. Fantastic. And we're going to dive right into that. I got a bunch of notes here about just a lot of stuff. So uh, before we get started, though, uh, if you're interested in checking out uh, the affiliate link below for Humble Bundle, a site that allows you to purchase game bundle game software and book bundles. These are like ebooks and PC games and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you can purchase these bundles available uh, that show up at random times for a limited amount of times as well. And there's a wide variety of items that you can check out. If you use the affiliate link in the description below, uh, you help support my content, which is always very nice. Uh, and there's a bunch of new bundles coming up all the time, so you might want to check it out in case you want to learn something new or uh, play a new game that you've never played before or read a book that you've never read. They've got all sorts of stuff. So again, check that out in the description below there. Uh, I'm an affiliate with them, and as a result, uh, any con- uh, purchases made to them are not only supporting a charity, depending on the bundle that is being uh, purchased, but also helps to support the content that I create. So uh, if you'd like to do so and get something good while you're at it, check out the link in the description below. Anyway, let us begin the divisional round matchup. We're going to start from the beginning of the div- the divisional round uh, because it feels like so long ago, but it actually wasn't. So first matchup, the Bengals at the number one seeded Titans. The Bengals coming in, winning their first playoff game in 30 years or so. And the Titans are coming in with the number one seed now. The Titans not only come in with the number one seed, they've got a bunch of healthy players that are coming back, including Derrick Henry, who is presumably back and better than ever. This game was a sign already of how things were going. Uh, I've taken notes slightly differently, so I actually wrote notes throughout the uh, throughout the entire game for all of these games. I've been trying to do this recently and just frankly haven't had a time to actually use them because of my inconsistent schedule, but we are here and ready to go through it. So, in the first half, Titans start off with the ball, and the very first play, Jesse Bates with the interception just jumps, I think, right in front of the receiver, Tannehill, uh, throughout this entire game. Sort of struggled. I think people, after the fact, were much more critical on Tannehill than I think he actually played, but you cannot deny this first interception was not particularly great. Um, Titans sacking uh, Joe Burrow was the theme of the game as well. Joe Mixon running over folks. Uh, Titans were blitzing throughout the entire game, which is different for a team that doesn't really blitz a lot, uh, which in this first drive for the Bengals eventually leads to a fearsome 38-yard field goal, putting the Bengals up 3-0. Um, fun fact that they learned into the during the game, the Bengals have never won a road playoff game. They are 0-7 in prior games. Another fun fact, the Titans, the last two times they were the number one seed, lost in the divisional round. I wonder if one of those trends breaks. I mean, they have to. By, by definition, they have to. Uh, throughout this entire game, uh, so yeah, we'll just go through the notes that I've got here. Uh, they tried to use Derrick Henry a lot throughout the game, especially early on, uh, but without a lot of success. Um, Jamar Chase is fast. I know that's fun. Uh, McPherson, another field goal at the end of the first quarter. Both teams starting to punt at a certain point, kind of stalled out until eventually uh, Derrick Henry scores on a wildcat touchdown run, which ties the game. Uh, 
six to six as the Titans went for a two point conversion after getting a penalty. Um, so this continued this sort of defensive low scoring affair. McPherson uh, was able to make another f- field goal, a fifty four yarder, which uh, was the last score of the first half, making the end score at the half nine to six Bengals. Um, at the second half, but in the first half, Burrow threw the ball 24 times for over 200 yards in the run game was non-existent. The Titans had a slightly better run game and a significantly worse pass game, and that just kind of continued throughout this entire situation. The Titans had five sacks in the first half. They ended the game, I believe, with nine sacks, which is uh, absurd, first off. Um, but uh, they just continued this sort of trend here. Both teams trying to go. Deontay Foreman had a huge run, a 54-yard run, uh, breaking through tackles, moving down the field. And then I think it was the next play of the play afterwards, Mike Hilton with a tip drill interception and able to move that down the field. He literally bats it down. There's a play a few years ago. Um, it's uh, it's famous because Gus Johnson made the call on it where it's, uh, I think it's Jaguars versus Texans, where uh, David Garrard, Garrard, I think his name is, um, was throwing a Hail Mary pass at the back, like into the end zone, and they bats it down like a spike at volleyball right into the hands of Mike Thomas for a touchdown, making the Jaguars win the game. This was years ago. Um, but Mike Hilton basically does that, just bats the ball down and able to pick it off at the same time and runs for a while before Tannehill brings him down. Um and that sort of just continues that trend. Uh, they they don't the Bengals don't really do much with it. Titans come back and eventually leads to a 34-yard field goal by Randy Bullock. Uh, Bengals are now up 16 to nine. I think I've caught up with all the scores. Uh, the Joe Mixon rushing touchdown was earlier as well. Um, Burrow uh, a throw to Perrine uh, Perrine. Uh, I think it's Perrine or Perrine. Uh, and was intercepted when tipped Hooker with the interception for the Titans. Uh, this is the first pick in 210 attempts by Joe Burrow, um, and this eventually leads to that phenomenal throw and catch uh, between Tanhill and A.J. Brown for that touchdown. Um, just literally lands right in his elbow. I, that was such a good play. Um, and then uh, this eventually leads to a tie game at this point. Um, both teams trying to continue more sacks on Burrow, uh, that was just a lot of it. Uh, the Titans tried to go for it on fourth down and mess up. Big play by the Bengals, uh, stopping them. Uh, at this point, the Titans are now breaking franchise postseason postseason records for sacks in the game. Um, more sacks are continuing. Plays trying to continue, and eventually, this leads to one of the final plays of the game. Tannehill throws the ball, tip drill, intercepted by Logan Wilson. Bengals have the ball with 20 seconds to go, and the Bengals eventually manipulate the field to make it a 52-yard field goal attempt by McPherson, which is good. And the Bengals break the tie, a 19-16 victory, going to the AFC Championship game for the first time since 1988. The first road playoff win for the Bengals ever. A recap of the game as a whole. Uh, Joe Burrow, 28 for 37, 348 in the pick, but was sacked nine times in the game for 68 yards. That is not a trend that they want to see next week when they go to the AFC Championship game. The rushing game was sort of eh. They ran the ball 18 times for 65 yards and the touchdown. Joe Mixon was 14 attempts for 54 and a touchdown. The receiving game was a variety of players. If you wanted the big play, you were going to Jamar Chase, who was five uh, caught five passes for 109 yards. T. Higgins was more of the... Uh, T. Higgins and uh, Uzoma were the more checkdown guys. Uh, each of them had seven catches for 96 yards and 71 yards, respectively. Uh, on the defensive side for the Bengals, Logan Wilson had eight tackles, Bell had a sack, and Logan Wilson, uh, Bates, and Mike Hilton each had an interception on Tannehill. Um, 
Speaking of, on the Titans side, the QB, Tannehill, 15 for 24, 220, a touchdown, three interceptions. That looks bad, uh, and he didn't play great, but a lot of people, I feel like, are really striking out at Tannehill, saying, like, oh, this is why you don't need him. This is why you need a better quarterback. I think Tannehill is good enough to get you to the Super Bowl, um, but it's also one of those situations that he probably needs more healthy help than they had here. And the fact that they made it to the number one seed with the team that they had, with most of the players getting back healthy, I think is a sign that Tannehill is the type of guy to let you continue going forward. I don't like the idea of changing quarterback, um, especially with the team that they have here. This is a win-now team, and they need to add talent to make it win-now, as opposed to getting rid of Tannehill after a not-great divisional round matchup. Uh, for the rushing attack, it was much more effective than the Bengals, 27 for 140 in the touchdown. Uh, Deontay Foreman had only four carries, but for 66 yards, one of them being that huge run. Derrick Henry, healthy, yes, played well, eh, 20 attempts for 62 yards in the touchdown. Um, it was, if, had he had another week, or if he had a week to get into it, I'm not sure which one of those would have been better for Henry, but one of those two situations probably would have had the Titans had better luck. On the receiving end, Julio Jones made an impact, six catches for 62 yards, A.J. Brown, five for nine, or five catches uh, for 142 yards, and a touchdown on nine attempts. Uh, defensively, the tackles, Cunningham, Simmons, long bunch of tackles for them. Sacks, uh, Simmons had three sacks, Landry and Autry had one and a half sacks each, Long and Dupree had one and a half, or had one sack each, and Jones and Paco each had half a sack, Hooker with the interception. In this game, I think overall, this was a trend, I think, on Saturday of, and even to a certain extent Sunday, but especially on Saturday, of defensive stopping offensive strategy. Um, The Titans' defense were sacking Burrow like no one's business, and it was a few drives that the Bengals were able to score, get into field goal range, and McPherson, who is playing phenomenally as a rookie kicker, uh, was able to make a difference in the end of the game. On the Bengals side, they were able to make plays on the Titans well enough, not necessarily to force Tannehill to throw bad passes, because I don't think a lot of the passes were like bad. There were a few bad ones. I think the first interception was not a great pass, but most of them were in the opportunity zone that the Bengals could make a play, if that makes any sense. Like, you force Tannehill to have to throw the ball quickly, which means Mike Hilton can go and bat it down to himself. Or you force him to throw it into multiple players, which means it can be tip-drilled and intercepted by the Bengals, which it was the final interception. So I think that was more of the trend in this game, as opposed to uh, the Bengals' defense being just a smothering force preventing the Titans from being able to move down the field. Um, for the Titans, unfortunate result, as expected, because you lost in the playoffs. Uh, this season as a whole was just a weird season for the Titans because they had so many players via COVID or injury just out, and as a result, they were using backups and backups to the backups, practice squad players. Do you guys remember Adrian Peterson was on the Titans at one point in the season? That's how far back they were going. So... Uh, this is a sign that if everybody is healthy, I think the Titans can just come right back and try again next year. Uh, they obviously do need talent. This is more of a win-now team as opposed to a building team. So uh, they want to get the more veteran presence if they want to try to win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years. For the Bengals, if they can fix the sack problem, they've got a chance. If they don't, they don't, uh, in my opinion. And you'll see why, based on their opponent, uh, either the Bills or the Chiefs, which you probably know, but for uh, dramatic effect, you don't know yet. Um, both of those teams would be able to uh, get pressure on Burrow while still having the coverage in the back to be able to stop them. So uh, the Bengals definitely need to shore up that offensive line. But overall, fantastic effort. Uh, Burrow played very well, Tannehill not so well. Um, And at the end of the day, I think 
despite the fact that I think Tannehill played better than the stats say, uh, at the end of the day, that was kind of what made the difference there. And now we go to the next matchup, the 49ers versus the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the 49ers in recent history have owned Aaron Rodgers and are coming into Lambeau after defeating the Cowboys in a frankly weird way, if you saw that wildcard matchup. Uh, both their fault and Dallas's fault that it ended up that way. On the other side, the Packers are not only coming off the bye as the number one seed, but also with a variety of healthy players coming back, boosting their already pretty stout team. Uh, so, in the first half, Packers start off with the ball, and you notice a trend immediately as soon as this game began, because it started off like this, basically. It was a Jones run, Devontae Adams catch, Aaron Jones run, Aaron Jones catch, Aaron Jones, um, yeah, Aaron Jones. Why, why did, I don't know why Aaron Jones sounded weird. Um... I'm not sure why the name Aaron Jones sounded weird. Anyway, Aaron Jones run, uh, Devontae Adams catch, Jones run, Jones catch, Jones drop. You notice the trend here. It seems like a lot of focus was on uh, Aaron Rodgers getting the ball to Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams. Um, one interesting thing and an early factoid that I didn't actually realize until the game began was that Bakhtiari was not on the field for the game. Uh, he was healthy enough to actually get some reps in the Week 18 matchup against the Lions. So the fact that he wasn't on the in the game this game was concerning, along with just a shifting of the offensive line that I think was different. Uh, I'm not as tuned in with the offensive line for the Packers as I probably should be when reviewing this game. But I do recall that their offensive line was shuffled a bit compared to how it was for the majority of the season. Um, anyway, this first drive, very successful, ends off with an A.J. Dillon touchdown rush. Packers up 7-0. This looks like Packers are just going to zoom in. Um, 49ers first drive shows that as well. Darius Smith back for the first time since week one for the Packers. Gets a sack on Jimmy G. Forces the three and out. Now it looks like, hey, this is it. This is what we've got. And this drive, the second drive for the Packers, ends in a Mercedes Lewis fumble. 49ers recover, and that's where things start to shift. Because now, the Packers are no longer moving as efficiently as they can. There's a lot of different plays that are iffy, uh, despite uh, great effort defensively for the Packers. Phenomenal effort defensively for the Packers. The 49ers are able to at least stall for long enough for plays to actually happen. Uh, if that's the best way to describe it. Um, despite the fact that this entire first half was really defensive-oriented, uh, the 49ers effectively, defensively, were just stalling the Packers out, forcing them to punt or just give the ball back. 49ers offensively in the exact same boat. Both offenses, frankly, were struggling that first half. Um, you think to a certain point, oh, here we go. Packers have a few seconds left. They got less than a minute, able to go down the field. Mason Crosby going to try a field goal. 39-yard attempt blocked by Jimmy Ward for the 49ers. Uh, the exact player that uh, gave up a huge pass to Aaron Jones uh, prior to it that set up this field goal attempt. So that keeps the score 7-0 in the first half. Um, in the second half, at this point, it's starting to snow, which weirdly enough, and I heard this from uh, an interview, I can't remember who it was, but it was on the Rich Eisen show the other day, where uh, they were saying that the 49ers are built to play in the snow and the Packers are built to play in warm weather, if that makes any sense. Despite the fact that it's home field advantage, it doesn't actually suit the type of gameplay that the Packers have, while the 49ers are built much more for this bad weather gameplay. Because when you think of bad weather, you think short passes, you think run the ball heavy, you think defensive effort. And when you think of the warm weather, this is like dome territory, you think of the high-flying offenses, a uh, lot of pass attempts, deep shots down the field, because weather conditions are good and you're able to do that sort of thing. Um... 
49ers have been, ever since Kyle Shanahan has been on the been the head coach, has been a run-based team, and they play things based off of the run, while the Packers, ever since Aaron Rodgers effectively came into his own a decade ago, has been a pass-first team with a run, of, a run game that's based off of that pass. Um, and so in the second half, as it starts to snow, the 49ers start to move now. They're, start, they're able to get going. They're able to move forward despite uh, some weird passes. Jimmy T was throwing a lot of risky passes throughout the game. He had an interception that was, frankly, just not a good pass uh, that could have been uh, eventually leading to points earlier in the game. Um, but at this point, they're just moving along. The Packers starting to realize the shift, start to focus more on this heavy run game. They're milking the clock. I think the Packers, for the majority of the game, felt like they were in charge, uh, despite the fact that the score was really low. There's 11:27 left in the game, uh, and the Packers are up 10 to three. That's basically it. Uh, they just Rashawn Gary and this defensive effort are just letting the Packers milk the clock. Okay, I guess we're not going to win this high-scoring affair against the 49ers, but cool, we got the monkey off our back. We win the game. Uh, it's a low-scoring affair, but we're just going to get ready for the championship game. And then the special teams play of the game of the weekend. Frankly, unless something dramatic happens of the season, the Packers punt is blocked. Uh, Hufenga, I think it is, uh, recovers for the 49ers touchdown. It is 10-all at 441 remaining. It's time for Rodgers to do something. Rodgers attempts to do something, unable to do anything. Uh, some weird passes at the end of the game, um, including uh, a play that um, the the I think it was a deep pass to Adams uh, that uh, Alan Lazard was just wide open, but it almost looked like Rodgers was just staring down Adams and trying to throw that ball. Uh that eventually leads to them forcing the punt. 49ers now have a couple of minutes to do something. They're able to not only milk the clock to basically make it a last-minute field goal, but also get that field position to make that last-minute field goal. A 45-yard try by Robbie Gold wins the game for the 49ers up 13-10, to and that wraps it up. The 49ers are moving on. The Packers are going home. For the game, the stats for the game, on the 49ers side, Garoppolo, 11 for 19, 131 yards and an interception. That interception was not a good throw. The rushing game, 29 attempts for 106 yards. Uh, Mitchell had 17 for 53. On the receiving end, not a lot of receiving yards passing around. Kittle was the highlight for four catches for 63 yards. Defensively for the 49ers, not a lot of uh, statistics that pop out at you but uh, a lot of great overall team defensive play by the 49ers. For tackles, Johnson, Warner, Greenlaw each had six tackles. Armstead, Bosa had two sacks each. Bukum had a sack. Uh, Warner and Bosa each forced a fumble. And, of course, the special team block. Uh, Ward had a block on the field goal, and Willis had the block punt. For the Packers, Rodgers was 20 for 29, 225 yards. The rushing attempt, not really great, 20 attempts for 67 yards. A.J. Dillon was the highlight, 7 carries for 25 yards in the touchdown. On the receiving ends, Aaron Jones, 9 catches for 129 yards, and Devontae Adams, 9 catches for 90 yards. Defensively, uh, again, very good effort, if not statistically zooming or popping out at you. Uh, Smith had 9 tackles uh, for the sacks. Rashawn Gary had 2 sacks. Clark and Smith each had a sack. Uh, Zadarius Smith, not uh, Preston Smith, uh, and Kenny Clark had the sack. And then the interception, uh, Amos with the interception there. As I mentioned previously, the Packers throughout this entire game, just like the Titans in the earlier game, although maybe not to the extreme, uh, they felt like they were in control the entire game. And then something happens at the end of the game that just shifts all that control away. Um, when watching the Packers game, throughout the entire game, I just felt, okay, the Packers are winning this. The Packers are going to win this in a high-scoring affair at the, at the beginning. And then it becomes a defensive match. Okay, the Packers are going to win a low-scoring affair. And then the punt is blocked. 
special teams have been haunting the Packers this entire season. It continues in this game. And presto, here we are. The Packers are now out of the playoffs. And now we have to look into, is Aaron Rodgers coming back to the Packers or is he going to another team? Are the 49ers going to be able to ride this Jimmy G slash 49ers wave to the Super Bowl, or is this where the line ends? For both of these teams, it's interesting questions. For the Packers, of course, uh, more questions, because not only is Aaron Rodgers might not be coming back, Devontae Adams might not be coming back. I think the Packers are 30 or 40 million over the cap, and they got to figure out that. All of this is making us wonder, okay, is this it for the Green Bay Packers dynasty, uh, or whatever dynasty, however you want to call this, recent era of remarkable regular season success, followed by, eh, uh, playoff success so we'll see if that is the case or what happens there um we move on to sunday on sunday the first matchup the rams versus the buccaneers the rams are coming off a dominant victory over the arizona cardinals and the bucks are coming off their own dominant victory over the philadelphia eagles and now it is the collection of players and the rams that they've just been calling up versus the ageless wonder of tom brady and the buccaneers for the bucks fournette is back but Worf's Tristan Morris, the uh, all-pro, I believe, tackle for the Bucks is out for this game. Uh, starts off uh, not really interesting. Uh, Brady started off, I think, 0-4 for the first couple of drives. And uh, the, not the 49ers, sorry, the Rams themselves, uh, despite moving the ball down the field, not able to do a lot. They get a, a couple of field goal attempts going. Um, the first touchdown of the game happening at 328 uh, with the uh, Blanton touchdown his first TD catch of his career. I think he had four catches or something to his name prior to that pass. Uh, so shout out to Blanton for that. Um, a few penalties on the Bucks that were pretty big. There was uh, the Nandamakan Sue taunting penalty when Stafford kicked him. Uh, and I hesitantly say kicked him. I saw it. I could see why Sue was annoyed, but also you shouldn't be calling that. Uh, you shouldn't be causing the penalty to happen. Um, and uh, there's a few other ones later. Uh, the touchdown by the Rams, Cooper Cup, wide open on a busted play that puts the score to 17-3 to with 14-17 remaining in the second quarter. Levante David is called off for an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, which is weird because now you have some of the leaders. You have a leader of the defense on the front line, a leader of the defense on the back line getting these penalties. Brady at this point is 3-10, for 10, and then he gets an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on him after a hard hit by Von Miller where Brady's actually bleeding on his lips. Um... So at this point, now you've got three unsportsmanlike conduct or similar quality penalties uh, in the first half alone, and Brady and the Bucks are just getting mobbed by the Rams at this point. Um, even when they get some drives going down the field, Ryan suck up a uh, 48-yard field goal attempt, no good, and the Rams take over from there. They just let the clock go. Uh, Gay goes and kicks a 40-yard field goal attempt, putting the Rams up 20-3 to at this point at the end of the first half. Um Though there was a trend, a problem, a situation um, for the Rams where Akers, uh, Cam Akers running back, played a great game last week, fumbles uh, on the play, leading to another drive that potentially stalls out. Uh, his first half, not great for the Bucks. Brady was picked off by Nick Scott at the very end as well. Um, just, just not great when the end score is 20-3. to Rams start with the ball, and then after a little bit of uh, back and forth, they're able to score a touchdown on a Matt Stafford TD sneak which means that halfway through the third quarter, the score is 27-3. to Very close. Reminding everyone, of course, when you think of something 20-something to 3, it sounds like 28-3. to Shout out, Falcons fans. Unfortunate uh, apologies. But maybe this was some consolidation. I'll explain why in a bit. Bucks drive down the field. Suck makes a 31-yard field goal attempt. It's now 27-6. to uh, The kickoff goes out of bounds. It's happened a few times throughout this game. Um, and this is sort of where the Rams almost 
collapse. Cooper Cup fumbles. Cooper Cup is, of course, the triple crown winner. All-star, fantastic wide receiver, and he fumbles. The Bucks recover, uh, and at this point, um, Bucks are starting to move now. This eventually leads to a four-net touchdown rush. It's now 27-13 at the end of the third quarter. Um, so the, the Bucks are starting to make some moves now, and Brady gets strip-sacked by Von Miller. Rams get the ball. Fantastic. This is it. The Rams can now start to get back into the group of things. Until the snap goes right over Matt Stafford's head, and the Bucks get the ball now with some extra field position to go for it. Uh, this eventually leads, unfortunately, for the Bucks to getting stopped on fourth down. Now the Rams are starting to milk the clock out, and then Gay kicks a 47-yard field goal, which is short, which in and of itself sounds very weird for the uh, I think he's a pro bowler. The, the great uh, rookie kicker for the Rams. That's not a good sign. Bucks ball with 6.30 remaining now. And just, you know, continue to let things go. They've got to keep going, uh, trying to move forward. Uh, eventually leads to a deep pass a little bit later to Evans. A touchdown for the Bucks. It's now 27-20. to 20. Rams up with 3.20 remaining. Akers fumbles again by Nandamakan Sue, who punches it out. The Bucks have the ball with 2.25 remaining, down by 7. Bucks are trying to milk the clock and score at the same time. Uh, eventually it leads to a handoff to Fournette on an obvious QB sneak situation. Uh, they hand it off to Leonard Fournette, who bounces to the outside. It's a touchdown. Buccaneers up with 42 seconds remaining. It's a tie game. Uh, the Buccaneers aren't up, obviously. It's a tie game with 42 seconds remaining. Rams, 42 seconds and one timeout to do something, and Stafford, who nearly fumbles on a QB draw, eventually finds Cooper Cup wide open uh, with 28 seconds remaining out at the 45-yard line. Uh, pass and caught 30-yard field goal attempt by Gay. Good. Rams win 30-27. to I don't know what this summary was, but this was just me stumbling, because at this point, I've just seen a weekend of fantastic football, two really close games ending with a field goal. The next day happens, and it ends with another field goal. Uh, for this game, the Rams, Stafford, I have been a believer of Stafford in the past. I thought the Lions just didn't help build this number one overall pick from Georgia uh, in 2009, I think it was. Uh, and it, you know, they had Calvin Johnson. They had at one point like Reggie Bush, um, a wide variety of talent across him every now and then. But still, like, you know, it didn't feel like Stafford actually had a phenomenal team around him he had a good few good players but not really a great team now that he's got a great team Stafford goes out and does this 28 for 38 366 yards and two touchdowns the rushing game uh they ran it a lot of times they didn't get a lot of yards 30 attempts for 73 yards and a touchdown uh Cam Akers was 24 attempts for 48 yards and two fumbles of course Stafford four rushes for six yards and a touchdown himself Receiving-wise, Cooper Cup, nine catches for 183 yards and a touchdown. Beckham was really on fire in the first half, uh, six catches for 69 yards in the game. Tyler Higby, four catches for 51 yards. And Blanton, of course, had the touchdown catch, uh, two for two for 18 yards. Defensively, Long and Williams had seven tackles each. Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and Von Miller each had a sack. Scott with the interception, and Von Miller forces a fumble, which he recovered himself. For the Buccaneers, who lose this game, are eliminated from the playoffs. Tom Brady, 30 for 54, 329 yards, touchdown, and an interception. The rushing game not really existent, 14 attempts for 51 yards and two touchdowns, both of them by Leonard Fournette, who was 13 of those 14 attempts for all 51 of those yards. The receiving game, Fournette, nine catches for 56 yards. Mike Evans, eight catches for 119 and a touchdown. And Gronkowski, four catches for 85 yards. Defensively, the tackle uh, leader for the Buccaneers was Levante David with 11 tackles. Sacks were by Vita Vea, who had a sack, and Sue and JPP each had half a sack. The forced fumble 
Winfield, Dean, Sue each forced to fumble each at the end of the game. This was almost another comeback by Tom Brady of epic proportions, and the Rams un- uh, were just able to like tie things back up at the end of the game. They were able to, thanks to the efforts of Matt Stafford in that final drive, really able to just calm themselves after uh, basically being a sieve for the second half and just drive down the field and score some points. Uh, now, there's a lot of discussion about Tom Brady retiring, which is surprising considering how little conversation that was a week and a half ago. Um, of course, we're going to wait and see to get more information, which is part of the reason why I haven't actually done the episode regarding what each team is doing, because there's just too much information floating around. I think I want things to stabilize a bit before actually making decisions, especially for teams that were eliminated a while ago and are doing GM or head coach searches. Uh, I'm going to wait until things calm down a bit before uploading an episode about that. So for the Buccaneers, a good season comes to an end here. For the Rams, the upset victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, eventually leading to their own victory and now facing the 49ers in a phenomenal opportunity to go head-to-head, an NFC Championship matchup that reminds me of those days when the Seahawks and 49ers were really on top of things and they had a championship matchup. Uh, This is going to be a fun matchup here. Um, Another team added to the list of teams that wish that the 49ers did not make the playoffs and the Saints did instead. Because had the Rams beaten the 49ers in that final week of the season, Saints would have made it in, uh, the Cowboys would not have had to deal with the 49ers, and now the Buccaneers would not have had to deal with the 49ers. We'll see if the Rams are added to that own list. The final game of the divisional round, Bills versus Chiefs. There was a lot of discussion about this game coming into it. Both teams on a roll, and they've got a shot to make it all the way. The Bills have been playing with a ferocity uh, that has, frankly, uh, not been seen by Bills Nation for a long time, both offensively and defensively coming into the game. And the Chiefs look like they found their groove when going up against the Steelers last week. Uh, Bills, of course, dominated the Patriots in a similar fashion. The game itself started off like a standard Bills versus Chiefs match, if you can think of a standard match. Uh, Bills are going forward on fourth down early in the game because who cares at that point? They're at midfield. Allen taking it himself. Uh, they eventually stall at the goal line until a fourth down toss to Singletary. Touchdown, Bills up early in the first quarter. Matthew, Tyron Matthew headed to the locker room early in this game, which would look like it was going to be a bad sign for the Chiefs. Mahomes doing Mahomesian things. I think one of the key Mahomesian things is running in one direction and just flicking the ball to a receiver that's going the opposite way. You think of... Uh, the play early on uh, where he just flips it over to Kelsey for the first down. Uh, Mahomes, even on this play, had a 35-yard run that he just waltz directly forward as the offensive line just kind of goes around, leaving like a wide-open field that he's able to go. This leads to a Mahomes diving touchdown rush, hitting the pylon at the end of the first quarter. We're at a 7-7 game. Um, The Bills are just using uh, Josh Allen a lot more in the run game than they were previously and just able to go forward with that. and eventually, uh, at this point, you just have players playing phenomenally defensively that are just going back and forth at this point. The entire second quarter, for the most part, was just both teams playing really good defense, despite some good plays by both offenses. Uh, you think like the big play to Kelsey, Edwards Alaire had a huge run uh, on one of the drives. Um, and then at the two point two two point two minute warning, uh, Pringle was eventually get caught a touchdown on one of those Mahomes like just backpedaling tosses it up in the air. Not really a good decision, but the end result happened. So uh, what I wrote down in my notes is Pringle jumps like it's the 49ers catch 
like the 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 catch by Dwight Clark, um, because he just jumps up in the air to grab that ball. Chiefs up fourteen to seven with two minutes remaining, and that eventually leads to uh, Josh Allen throwing to Gabriel Davis for a touchdown. You're gonna hear his name a lot. Um, who was just wide open on that play. Uh, 14-14 with 37 seconds left in the half. Uh, Chiefs, three timeouts. They start moving down the field, and Butker tries a 50-yard field goal, but I think it was hit off the right upright, so it was no good. 14-14 going into the half. Statistically, coming out of the first half, uh, both quarterbacks are playing identically. They have the same like completion percentage and yardage for more or less. Um, and the only difference right now is that the Chiefs had a shot of uh, breaking the tie, but didn't. Um, in this play, Chiefs start off playing the exact same way. They go for it on fourth down and short as well. Uh, this eventually leads to a Jared McKinnon uh, wide-open big gain. Um, and this entire drive eventually leads to a Butker 39-yard field goal, where there's good 17-14 KC is up halfway through the third. Um, Mahomes throughout this entire game, I noted down, was playing this game like it's Madden, where the way that I play Madden, is like you take the snap and then instead of doing like a three or five step drop back, you do like a 10 yard drop back so that uh, you have like the ability to look down the field. And uh, that was basically how Mahomes would play just back up, run around for a little bit, and find somebody. Um, this eventually leads to the Nicole Hardman run for a touchdown where he just slips right through the defense like time had stopped and just waltz right through, dives into the end zone, touchdown 23 14 with 206 remaining in the third as Butker hit the upright the extra point instead of making it this immediately following this this is where things start to get interesting now uh Allen deep shot to Davis a 75 yard touchdown catch they, they just finally exploited that injury to Tyron Matthew it's now 23 21 Chiefs remaining uh Chiefs playing uh with 156 remaining in the third quarter and Mahomes I knew down is moving like he's Randall Cunningham uh a little bit more back and forth between uh, both of these teams, a couple of three and outs and punts, Tyree Kill had a sensational return uh, for like 30 or 40 yards, I think it was. Um, they uh, try another field goal attempt uh, by Butker. Chiefs are up now 26-21. Uh, Josh Allen running over the defense quite literally uh, and turns into, at this point, we're at the two-minute warning, a fourth and 13 situation where Gabriel Davis gets another wide-open touchdown catch. And now... Bills go for two, convert on a phenomenal play where Josh Allen rolling to his left, flicks it at the last second to uh, Stephon Diggs, who has to reach across his body to make the catch because he's running in one way and the ball is going the other way. Just grabs that, and now it's a tie game. Uh, it's a, uh, sorry, not a tie game. It's now uh, 154 remaining, and the Chiefs are up, and the Bills are up, sorry, 29-26. A um, couple of plays later, this, this is like, oh, this is it. Oh, but wait. Patrick Mahomes is on the other side of the field with two minutes remaining and a few timeouts, I think, uh, eventually leads to Tyreek Hill, where he just literally catches it on a crossing route and just literally, you could see how he runs by the defense, running past everybody, and now the Chiefs are up 33-29, a four-point game. The Bills have 102 remaining. Oh, but wait, Josh Allen is on the other side of the field. So a few plays later, we have now a situation after a phenomenal catch by Emmanuel Sanders, who was pass interference on the play. Uh, 17 seconds left. Allen, Gabriel Davis, another touchdown for Gabriel Davis, the first four-touchdown game for a receiver in postseason history. It's a touchdown catch. The Bills are now up 36-33 with 13 seconds remaining. Mahomes is on the other side of the field with 13 seconds and three timeouts. And after what I wrote down as a deep screen pass uh, to Tyreek Hill and Mahomes passing to Kelsey, who 
on just, frankly, a wide-open play. Butker, 49-yard field goal attempt, is good. We are now tied at 36 going into overtime. As a reminder, the score in this game at the two-point conversion was, uh, at the two-minute warning, sorry, was like 26-21 or something like that. Um, And now the score right now is 36-all, two minutes later. Uh, Yes, this is fantastic. I've mentioned this in the previous episode. There's a Vikings-Ravens match that happened um, a few years ago. This is back... Uh, I know this because I think this was the same weekend that the Eagles played the Lions in the snow game at Philadelphia. Uh, this is back when, like, Calvin Johnson was still on the team. Um, this is the the Nick Foles is very good year. 2013, I think it was. Um, where it felt like 21 points, I think, were scored in the last, like, 30 seconds of that Vikings-Ravens game. And this feels exactly the same way. We're now in overtime. Casey wins the toss, receives, drives down the field. Mahomes to Kelsey, touchdown, winning the game 42-36 on the wildest ending to a divisional matchup, uh, exactly the same situations as the Patriots Chiefs matchup was a few uh, championship, a few championship seasons ago. Um, but in this case, the Chiefs come out as the victor for this game. An overview: the Bills, uh, Josh Allen, twenty-seven to thirty-seven for three twenty-nine and four touchdowns. Uh, phenomenal game. If this was literally any other situation and any other team, I think Josh Allen would have won this matchup and the Bills would be moving on to the AFC Championship game. But it's the Chiefs who have a quarterback that is the exact same type of caliber of player as Josh Allen in that they can just do whatever they feel like. The rushing game, 24 attempts for 109 yards. Uh, Allen, 11 of those attempts for 68 yards. Singletary was 10 for 26 and a touchdown. The receiving game, Gabriel Davis, 8 catches for 201 yards and 4 touchdowns. Cole Beasley, 6 catches for 60 yards. Defensively, uh, Milano had 11 tackles. Johnson and Oliver each had a sack. And Poyer forced a fumble. For the Chiefs, Mahomes. 33 attempts or 33 completions of 44 attempts for 378 yards and three touchdowns on the rushing side of things. They ran a lot better. They ran really well considering the Chiefs this entire season and then just the MO of Andy Reid. 27 attempts for 182 yards and two touchdowns. Mahomes, seven rushes for 69 yards and a touchdown. Clyde Edwards Alaire had seven rushes for 60 yards. And McCole Hardman had two rushes for 31 yards and a touchdown himself. On the receiving end, Tyreek Hill, 11 catches for 150 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, 8 catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. And Jared McKinnon, 5 catches for 54 yards. Uh, Pringle as well, 5 catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. Defensively, Sneed and Sorensen each had 9 tackles. Reed and Ingram each had a sack. And Ingram also forced a fumble. Um, In this game, one of the best games I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Phenomenal game that just... It was a back-and-forth game and became even more impressive as it continues, eventually leading to the Chiefs winning. We are now in a situation where the AFC Championship match and the NFC Championship match are both set up now. The uh, AFC match, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are heading to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs, while on the other side, the Rams are hosting the the NFC Championship match in the same place as the Super Bowl as the 49ers come to visit in what will be a very, very entertaining matchup. Um... It's weird on the left on the left side on the AFC side. Uh, you've got two really young quarterbacks, um, though they have different experience levels in the playoffs and everything. It's two very very young teams and young quarterbacks leading the way. Versus uh, on the NFC side, two more experienced uh, quarterbacks that have done a little bit more in their careers. Because uh, you have on the one side uh, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, who I think are both below twenty five or something like that. While on the other side, um, you have Matt Stafford and Jimmy Garoppolo, who are both well above 25. So uh, almost like you've got the vets on one side and the um, 
the uh, the young guns, I guess, on the other side. Uh, but that is a recap of the divisional round, the most amazing potentially game of uh, football we've ever seen on one of his what it has to be one of the most interesting weekends of football that we've ever seen. The championship matchups are going to be very interesting between both of these teams. I cannot wait to see how they turn out. Um, and of course, uh, that will end up this episode. At this point, I've just been rambling for 40 minutes. I greatly appreciate it if you have listened to this entire conversation uh, or me just spitting out facts about the games that you probably have seen, but all the same, appreciate it nevertheless. Uh, as always, uh, if you'd like to check out the affiliate link to Humble Bundle down below, you can get yourself some interesting content or, uh, you know, games, books, software, whatever you need, uh, they may have available. And if you use the link below, you'll be supporting the channel as well as charity in the process. So, uh, that is available there. Be sure to subscribe, follow, do all those important things you ought to do when supporting a podcast. Uh, the next episode, I think we're going to push off all of the off-season stuff for other teams until all the teams are in the off-season. Maybe do one episode during the Pro Bowl. Not 100% sure yet. Uh, so we'll see We'll see when uh, the next episode comes out, presumably after the championship games. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And until next time, take care. <laughs>